I think that would just be a failure um, for everybody involved. I'm confident that, you know, that they can get to a point where we can agree to. This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we'll take a closer look at one North Carolina Senate Democrat who voted with Republicans in favor of the first North Carolina state budget proposal. Welcome to Under the Dome. I'm Colin Campbell, editor of the NC Insider. Last week, the Senate passed its proposed budget, the first step in a process that could probably stretch for months. The Senate's proposal garnered criticism from Governor Roy Cooper and other Democrats who say the tax cuts are too big and the raises for teachers and state employees are too small. But four Democrats did ultimately vote yes on the overall bill. One of them joins me today, Senator Kirk Devier, Democrat from Fayetteville. Senator Devier, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here. So I guess to start off, uh, walk me a little bit through your decision-making process as you reviewed this, you know, hundreds of pages in the budget and decided uh, how you'd ultimately vote last week. You know, I, I think I just saw that this is a first step in a long process. It's like any negotiation uh, that you do. I'm a small business owner. We've done negotiations all, all the time, and this is just the first step. Uh, Senate, Senate budget, House budget, comp, you know, a compromise budget or, a, excuse me, a conference report budget and hopefully one that uh, everybody can agree to and we can all vote for and Democrats, Republican and the governor can sign. So I just viewed it really as a first step. It's not perfect. I know it doesn't have a lot of stuff in it. It's got some great stuff in it, though, um, and I want to be supportive uh, of the good things that are in there and also show that I'm willing to be at the table to have those conversations to make this bill uh, what it should be and one that hopefully we, uh, everybody can get behind. Yeah, uh, do you, you know, it's, it's always a challenge, I think, is if you are, are one of the minority of members who uh, is, is voting differently than the rest of your party. Do you take some heat for a, a vote like that? Uh, I'm taking a few votes like that this session. Um, you know, I think you just, uh, you know, I think members of my caucus, you know, I, I explained to them where I am um, and definitely with Senator Blue as well and explained to them where I am and, and the direction that I feel I need to go personally as well as for my constituents and, and my district um, as well as what I believe across is going to be good for the state. And uh, they're relatively supportive. We have some, you know, disagreements, but we usually agree to disagree and, and move forward. They know I'm going to, you know, stand with them on some other issues. Yeah. Uh, what did you see as the, the, the good pieces in the budget that, that made you want to support it? Now, again, I think, you know, it was a step in the right direction. I mean, there were some core investments and, you know, things that are important to me when you look around, you know, our environment and water and broadband and, you know, affordable housing, investing in in stormwater recovery and, you know, health care and, and education. And did it have the level of investment that we needed in all those? No. Um, but what I saw was that there was a, you know, a step in that direction. Um, and, and so, look, you know how these budgets work. Look, everybody's going to, you know, you either start really low and then work your way up. You know, the governor launched his, you know, his recommendations. And then, you know, the first person out of the gate that actually offers up a bill has got to start lower. Mm-hmm. And then we just got to be able to maneuver. I think what I saw is a, as I look at, for me, I look at the guiding principles in a, in a bill and where we want to see investments. I saw some of those. I don't think it was perfect. Um, and I told, um, you know, in my conversations with people both on my side of the aisle as well as across the aisle that I think we can do better and I think we will. But the important thing is, is that I wanted to make sure that they saw a willingness uh, on me to have conversations around uh, what was important and what I thought was important and how I can bring the values 
that I believe in and that I represent to the table for the budget and negotiations versus just, you know, being on the sidelines like I was last session and saying no. Yeah, so that's the concern is you don't want it to be, you know, you've drawn a line in the sand on day one that, you know, if it's not largely in line with what your party wants, that you're unwilling to work on whatever the compromise may be. Yeah, I don't think it's just, you know, what the party wants. I think it's in general, where do we need to go as North Carolinians? Um, and, and I think that when you look at both parties, they, you know, we want a lot of the same things as how we get there. Um, but the important thing is I truly, truly believe that good government happens when you can have that dialogue. And if you isolate yourself from day one, you can't have that dialogue. You can't be at part of the conversation and represent the voices of the people that sent you here and the things that you're passionate for. You have to be able to be part of that discussion. And, you know, I'm committed to being part of that conversation. What are the changes you'd like to see uh, going forward as we move closer and closer to a, a final budget process? Oh, it's, it's a long list. <laughs> you know, and we've got to see what's going to come out of the House. I'm hopeful I can, you know, be part of the conference conversation as well. Um, you, you know, I think it's what we all want. You know, we, we want to see investments for our children. We want to see investments in early education. We want to see investments in health care. What's going to happen, uh, you know, with expanding health care access and how we can, you know, potentially expand that. Um, you know, we've got to look at uh, how we're going to invest in our workforce. You know, another thing that's personal to me is our veterans and what we do with our veterans and military families. That's another component. I represent Carmelin County. That's a home to Fort Bragg. We've got one of the largest military populations in the United States, as well as veterans. So there's a lot of things that we can do better. But we got to remember, this is a starting point and you got to be willing to have the conversation uh, to get it to where it's going to be. And the other thing that people need to remember is that no matter what we do, this is going to be a compromised budget. When you have a Republican General Assembly, Republican-led General Assembly, that has a view of one thing, uh, and a governor that's a Democrat that has a view in a different way, it's going to be a compromise, and we need to understand that. It's never going to be one way or the other. And if you can accept that and willing to have conversations around that, I believe that's you know that's how I fit in. Uh, to you know to this conversation and everybody has their own roles and ways they want to address it some people want to advocate uh, in different ways I, I just view this as the best way that I can uh, represent my constituents and represent the values that I believe in and for the people that brought sent me here do you see room with the big flashpoints obviously being you know teacher and state employee pay tax cuts do you see room for improvements there is there a way to have you know, bigger raises and either keep the tax cuts or, or reduce them in some capacity. There's always ways to find a pathway forward. Yeah. You, you just got to be willing to get it, roll your sleeves up, get at the table and, and work through it and, and have honest dialogue and not, you know, at some point we've got to kind of let the negotiation guards down and begin to have uh, an honest conversation. Do I believe that we can get there? I think we can get to a a place that uh, I'm very optimistic that we can get to a place that we all might not like, but we can all agree to and believe that it's a step forward and what's best for all North Carolinians, not, 
you know, one side or the other. Yeah. And looking through a lot of the smaller provisions of the budget, I saw a lot of uh, funding in there for some very specific projects in the Fayetteville area. Did that factor at all into your uh, your vote at all? I'll tell you, it's great to see the long overdue investments in Cumberland County. Um, you know, if you look at them, those are bills. A lot of those are bill appropriation bills that I filed because I heard that from my district uh, when I came up here. And so it looks, you know, that they funded some, you know, put some of my appropriation bills in the budget, um, which is in some ways how this is supposed to work. And then other things were some things that were in the budget from last time that a budget that we never got to last time that were, again, needs in our community that uh, were fulfilled. So, of course, you're always going to look at those uh, things for your community and your constituents and and the investments, the long due needed investments in our county. I'm always going to look at that. Yeah, were there conversations with the, the budget writers over those, or were those just bills that you'd filed separately and we're, we're getting a look from the appropriations folks? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, a, a combination of a lot of that. I think it's, you know, them looking at what's there. I can't speak to what's in. That's a question for the budget writers and, yeah. and how they came mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, any, any particular projects that are uh, excited you? I know one thing, you know, there's been a lot of talk about. Uh, black History. There's a, a nonprofit in Fayetteville that was getting money for a, a Black History pictorial wall. I think was how it was described. Yeah. So um, and that see that's an example yeah. of of you know a bill that I filed that mm-hmm. is was a need that I heard in my community for years. Mm-hmm. This you know this is an old pictorial wall that is uh, they continue to paint it over and over and it really tells the history of Fayetteville and Cumberland County mm-hmm. all the way dating way back. Um, and it's kind of a community landmark in a lot of ways, but it continues to deteriorate and they need some help trying to, uh, you know, digitize that so mm-hmm. that it can last as well as do some things to the wall itself. You know, there's also uh, the MLK, Martin Luther King Park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that piece, that uh, specific uh, appropriation has been in a budget request for many, many years on the House side, on the Senate side for probably going back six or seven years, six, seven, eight years. Um, so again, those are long overdue investments that we haven't seen in Cumberland County. And so I'm, you know, I'm thankful that the budget writers saw that, uh, you know, those appropriations that were out there and, and uh, were willing to, to make those investments in Cumberland County. Yeah. Uh, now that uh, we've heard the news last week that trilateral talks may come in the future between the House, the Senate, and the Governor in the months ahead, I guess, after the House uh, completes its budget process on its own, do you think that your approach to the Senate's budget so far may give you an opportunity to be involved in negotiations? And if so, what role do you hope to play? You know, just like I said before, I mean, I, I, I think it's, you know, I want to be in those conversations. I think it's important. Um, I think, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that I can be um, the, the support uh, that I, I have shown, uh, as well as being able to, you know, provide a kind of level head, common sense approach, find find common ground, find ways that we can make uh, investments for North Carolinians and, and be willing to, to dialogue about it. Um, and, and hopefully be willing to, you know, be part of that overall final budget so that it's something that I can help rally, you know, Democrats and others around that we can support a budget that we can all move forward. Look, North Carolina deserves to have a budget. You've heard our governor say it. You've heard, you know, leadership say it, General Assembly leadership say it. And I really think that people just want to see elected officials work together. Um, and I think that's part of you know, why I want to be part of those conversations, because I think I can bring that voice. You, we were here uh, two years ago when we had the long extended stalemate. Uh, do you sense that there's anything different in the air this time around that may result in a different outcome? 
I mean, you know, you've heard the comments by Governor Cooper and and the Speaker Moore and and Senator Berger um, is them everybody wanting to get to that point. I think we're at a transformational time when you look at the you know people a year ago didn't know where we were going to be, and now we have all these you know additional dollars both from the federal level and additional revenue at the state level just unprojected kind of revenue and i think it's a transformational time for our state and i think that's the piece that people see in their own way what can they do and how do they view this being transformational and i think if we can you know if all the parties can come together and view that in their own unique ways but have a bigger goal to say we're gonna we're gonna use this money we're gonna have to make some compromises across the aisle and across the table but if we can use this to transform and put us back on the you know path after the after this pandemic i think it's uh, i think it's what everybody truly wants mm-hmm. um, we just gotta make sure cooler heads prevail I know Senator Berger has at some point mentioned the possibility if there wasn't an agreement that we could go through that mini budget process again. Would that be a, a squandering of an opportunity for where we sit, both in terms of the money that's piled up over the past two or three years because we didn't have a budget as well as all the federal money that you mentioned? Yeah, I would hate to see us get to that point. I, I think that would just be a failure um, for everybody involved. I, I think we have um you know we have the type of leadership uh, across you know the minority party the majority party um, as well as governor cooper uh, when you look at senator blue and and representative reeves and speaker moore senator Berger, and governor cooper and his staff I, i'm confident that I, you know that they can get to a point where we can agree to um, and there's no reason for us to miss this opportunity because if we do go to many budgets you know, it's going to hold the spending level down. It's going to, you know, there's a lot of things that probably won't get done. How do we use the American Rescue Plan dollars? How does that play into it? Just think if we all stay focused on the opportunity that's here, the opportunity for North Carolina. I, I think it's uh, in some of our, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that we can truly transform our, our state. Uh, looking back at your, your past career, uh, I know you were uh, on the Fayetteville City Council before you came to the Senate. Of course, the municipal budget process has its own you know, uh, pros and cons. How would you contrast the way you helped develop the budget in Fayetteville when you were on council there with the way that the state does things here at the legislature? Yeah, it, it's different in the sense that it goes through several iterations here. You know, at the city council level, you know, the staff is really putting together the budget. You're getting briefed along the way, and then you've got to find some consensus on things, but it's really a one body doing it. You know, up here is different. you got a Senate budget, you know, and there's, you know, there's discussions between Senate leadership and House leadership, and there's negotiation points between them. And then you've got to factor in the minority party, and then you got to factor in the governor, and then you got to factor in the conference report, and then the governor. Um, so it's extremely different. It's, uh, it's definitely a multi-step uh, approach um, and one that you just have to realize you have to be patient uh, and understand that it's a, a very deliberate process and you have to be willing to work through that process and stay patient and ensure that you're, you know, as I've said before, you're in the middle of those conversations because mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing. Can the folks here learn something from the, the local budget process? It seems like there's very rare instances you hear of a city council that couldn't come together on a budget and suddenly this well, town has no budget. Well, you know, I mean, I'll go back to, you know, my last year on city council. I mean, we struggled to find, you know, consensus votes and to get to a majority vote on the budget. And it, there were some negotiations. So it does happen down there. It's just different because it's one body. Mm-hmm. You know, the now mayor of our city, uh, Mayor Colvin, and I actually, he and I were the ones that kind of got together and got 
got the deal kind of put together and got the budget passed. Um, and so uh, yeah, I think you can take some of that and say that needs to happen here at the conference report level, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, but it's just a different process because there's a lot more players at the table uh, in, in the process up here than there is at a municipal level. Okay. And rightfully so. There's a big difference between a, a you know a fifty-two billion dollar budget, you know, and a, and a municipal budget. Before we let you go, do you care to make any guesses as to a, a timeline of what the the rest of the summer looks like? Uh, is this going to be a really long process, or do you so feel like it could... my mom taught me never to to speak out of turn, <laughs> and, and I don't want to you know I, I want to stay true to her. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I know that we need to do the work for North Carolinians. And if that takes a little while, um, then it needs to take a little while. But I'm hopeful, again, that, you know, this leadership uh, with the minority party and the minority and the majority party, as well as Governor Cooper, can, you know, they can find the path and see the opportunity that's here. And uh, But if it takes us a little while, it takes us a little while. I mean, that's what people sent us up here to do. I'm hopeful we can get it done because, it starts messing, uh, you know, other things up when it, when you look at uh, things that need to be done on a fiscal year and everything else. Uh, we we got to be we we got to be mindful of that as well. So I'm hopefully we won't drag it out too long, but uh, I I am extremely optimistic that we can get to uh, get to a resolution or get to a, a budget. Thanks. That's, we've been talking to Senator Kirk Deviere, Democrat from Fayetteville, and one of the four yes votes on the Senate budget and someone to watch in the months ahead um, as the budget negotiations go forward. And uh, the uh, moderate Democrats are probably uh, going to be playing a, a big role in that process uh, as we hopefully get towards some sort of resolution. Uh, thanks so much again for joining us. Appreciate the opportunity. Anytime. Thanks for listening. I'm Colin Campbell. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for her weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.